Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. Superstition is a part of the daily chit-chat of Indonesians, even in the metropolis of Jakarta. Every week, local television stations fill their airwaves with tales of horror. From movies to paranormal game shows, ghost stories continue to scare and fascinate the people of Indonesia. Not surprisingly, anything to do with ghosts has become a source of income for many. Said to be one of Indonesia's most haunted places, the Lawang Sewu is notorious for being featured in the final episode of a local paranormal TV series where an apparition was caught on video. A few days later, rumours spread online that one of the participants had died mysteriously. This incident, maybe not even related, just added fuel to the fire of the myth of the Luang Sewu. And so it continues to be one of the most visited haunted sites in Indonesia. But what happened here to make this such a terrible place? We got curious and wanted to find out more. And in this episode, we are sharing with you what we discovered. Hi, my name's Renata. And I'm Anne, and welcome to this week's episode of The True Hauntings Podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Welcome back to Studio Anne. How are you? How are you doing? Do you really want to ask how I'm doing? <sighs> that freaking tooth that I had to put up with all the way through England and finally solved. Got back here from Norfolk and I felt bloody fantastic. 
I was busting in a mosquito. I was booting you up the butt saying, come on, Renata, let's go. Mm-hmm. And then I got slammed down by the karma ca- train. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never said something oh. else there. The karma cart. train. Cart. <laughs> the karma cart. Yes. And uh, yeah, I've um, ended up with an abscess. The nerve died. They've had root canal therapy. And um, I'm not a happy chappy right mm-hmm. at this moment in time. But we're here for you guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we've landed back in Australia after two months of glorious travel Mm. and nine episodes ahead to realise we've got nothing in the can ready to go for next week. No, but this is a really good story and I found this while we were away. Yeah. Um, And it comes from Indonesia or Indonesia or wherever it was that I said. Indonesia. Indonesia. and uh, it's a very interesting history. Yeah. Now, have you been to Indonesia? Uh, no. no. No, neither have I. I've been to Bali, too. Oh, yeah. been I've, been to Bali. I've been to Bali, I've been to Bali, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nowhere else in Indonesia. I've never even been to Bali. Haven't you? No. Well, you're not Australian if I you know. haven't been to Bali. Bloody hell. I haven't got, uh, what do they say, poop-faced on those Batang beers, whatever <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember even before the whole stuff, of it, the first time we went to Bali um, was after the Bali bombings and oh. no one was going to Bali, of course. Yeah. Uh, and so everything was really cheap. And our travel agent said, why don't you go to Bali? And we went, oh, well, oh. I don't, don't know if I want to go to Bali. Don't they blow Australians but, up in Bali? But um, we we did end up going and it was fabulous. Yeah, you've told me it is fabulous. And I think maybe if we pop over to Perth, we might be able to pop over to Bali. Oh, yeah, for the weekend. For a weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. Living our first class lifestyle. Uh-huh. Because we're now earning $30 a week from the True Holdings <laughs> podcast. We can afford just about anything. Absolutely. Speaking of which, if you'd like to become <laughs> Patreon, please look up Anne and Renata and become one of our grand poo bars and we'll join you in that little club and give you some of the outtakes that you've missed. <laughs> We're going to do it one day. We'll we'll make it happen. Yes, yeah. it will happen. Oh. It's going to happen, just like right. everything and, else in our life. And, and, and you've had some very exciting things happen. Yes, yes. While I was away, you know, I thought my, my daughter might be a little bit more, um, you know, respectful. Yeah, and she wasn't wait. considerate at no. all. And wait, but no, she decided to birth her baby mm-hmm. while I was in Norfolk Island. Your first grandchild. My first grandchild. Yep. But beautiful James Lennox Aww. is here. Um, and he was a decent sized little fella. Yeah. He's what, eight pounds something? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. nine pounder. Yeah. Hands like a boxer. Yeah. So um, I do say he'll be causing havoc. Excellent. She still thinks he's lovely. Oh. I'll give her a few more months. <laughs> <laughs> but you showed me a photo just when you came in and he had this big smile on his face. But he's is he a week old yet? Yeah, yeah. So that would be a fart, but you know, mm-hmm. or he's doing a poop, um, one or the other. But that's a glorious smile. He's Absolutely. obviously enjoying himself as he pushes whatever yes. that is out. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. So, <sighs> shall we get on with today's episode? Absolutely. Many Indonesians believe that unseen beings live among them. So they have many different kinds of ghosts and many traditional legends that surround them. One of these ghosts is called the Kuntalanak. The ghost is considered to be very scary. 
The Kuntalanic traditionally took the form of a bird and was seen flying from tree to tree. In more recent times, this ghost is described as being a young female who died during childbirth. This ghost is said to seek revenge for her death. Some are so scared they will not even look upon the images of her. She is described in various accounts in extremes. Some state she is very beautiful with long, shiny black hair. It is stated that the distinct fragrance of the frangipani flower accompanies her. In other accounts, it is stated she wears a long white dress or shirt and is very pale in appearance. These more stark descriptions state that she has no eyes, just dark sockets. According to one legend, the Kundalanik stalks pregnant women in order to steal their babies. Her ghost is said to make the sound of a crying baby. It is believed that if this sound is near, it means she is far away, but if this sound is far away, it actually means she is close by. She is also heard laughing wickedly. Many stories place sightings of her in isolated areas. She is often seen late at night on deserted streets. So that particular story was from seekghost.blogspot.com and the reason why we have read it out is because this particular ghost is said to reside in the place that we are looking at today. Mm-hmm. And Renata found it. I had some other ones I was going to do which were far more boring than that. But we did have a few traumas trying to pronounce the word Kuntalanic mm-hmm. because it's spelled K-U-N-T. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I may have had to send Renata out of the room because we got giggling way too much because I did say it the wrong way once, which was a little tad um, inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And then once we got the giggles, we were done. (laughs) Yeah, this is the difficulty of um, finding ghost stories from uh, other countries Mm. when you have to try and pronounce the name of some of these places. But look, our beautiful people have said how much they do love our pronunciations. Yes, um, yes. And they do appreciate the effort that we go to to try and say them Mm -hmm. in the worst way possible. Even even when you practice, when you practice and practice and practice, and then yeah, and then you just say it the wrong way again. (laughs) So the Luang Sewu is in Semarang, which is uh, one of the biggest cities in Indonesia, and it is probably that city's most famous building. Now, Indonesians will recognise any photographs of the building and they will tell you what that building is because it is a very distinct shape Mm -hmm. and size. Mm -hmm. And because the area is rather flat uh, where this building uh, can be found, it sort of sits above everything else. So you can see it from a big distance away. A long way away. away. And the the thing is that once you start talking about the building, um, conversation just goes to ghosts Mm -hmm. and very, very little about anything else. 
Um, I, I just wonder myself, when I was reading all of this, uh, how much the new generation actually um, thinks of this place, uh, if they do at all, and uh, what type of topics they raise. Because it's very, very different um, now that... All of these ghost shows have now found ghosts mm. in this building. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be where the topic goes. And there was recently a awful movie made um, about this place yeah. and the um, ghost inside that you were talking about. Um, How and, do you say it? And, and that's made it even worse. The Kuntalanik? <laughs> oh, bless you, Renata. Oh. Oh, demon out. Yes, the, the Kuntalanik. Yes. <laughs> Or something. That's the safe way for us to say it. Um, so, uh, which of the big ghost hunting TV shows have been in there? Because I went having a look. I thought Ghost Hunters International had been in there, and I couldn't find any reference to it at all. Mm, there's somewhere in my notes. I'll have a look mm. um, as we go through. But anyway, so the architecture comes from a time in Indonesia that harkens back to colonial uh, days when the Dutch came over mm-hmm. and um, said, this is mine. Yes, I'm going to plant a flag here and claim it as mine. Yes. And so uh, Indonesia still has a, a lot of sort of Dutch influence. Or do they do the mini Dutch pancakes because I like them? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're very tasty. Have you ever seen the long queues for those things when you go out to the markets? Yes. Oh, you gobble them up and they're gone in two seconds flat. Yeah, you've just paid Delicious. like 10 bucks for them. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but they're worth every little you know, yeah, penny. Absolutely. Now, this building really has got uh, multiple layers of history and it's, it's associated with a really complicated time in Indonesia. But it really starts back to, you know, the Dutch who sort of built it. And the whole idea was uh, that they were uh, the... Um, the oppressors, they came... The Dutch. You wouldn't yeah. imagine them as being... Yeah, I know. Nasty. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> the The Dutch are awesome. You're, you're going to wear clogs. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But it's just... It's, Isn't marijuana it's, illegal over there? They'd just all be happy. I just don't see the Dutch as being like oppressors. But, yeah, they, they kind of... They did their thing. They must have gone through a nasty period <laughs> before they became woke. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, and again, as as we mentioned before, uh, everyone seems to talk about the ghost side of this building and no one really wants to go back to the historical side of, mm. of the building. No one talks about that. Uh, so there have been uh, a lot of uh, efforts made in the past to change the narrative, but you know, the, the tourists that come to uh, Semarang come to see this ghostly building. Yeah. Yeah, so there's not much they could do. Now, the meaning of the word Lawang Sewu is a thousand doors. And that's because uh, the way that... They've got a thousand doors? It looks like a thousand doors, but they're not. They're they're windows and arches and and openings and things like that. So um, along the long corridors, it looks like there are a thousand doors. But remember, Indonesia gets really, really hot. And so all of these openings are opened up so Mm -hmm. that the air can flow through. Did you wear your bikini when you were in in Indonesia? No, I have never worn a bikini. I have. 
I have worn a bikini. It was a glorious sight. Because as some of you know, I've actually had to do some acting work in my life. Well, I didn't have to. It was a chosen thing. And uh, I actually went for an audition uh, as a larger plus-size lady, and I had to wear a bikini. Now, the first issue was finding a bikini in my size. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they'd they'd said to us we had to arrive in our bikini. So, of course, I made your own clothes over the top of whatever the bikini was. So we've arrived at the audition process. I'm sorry, I'm just ruining your history story here. (laughs) Your eyes are very wide. Um, But you know what it's like. Mm -hmm. Anne's always got to have a story and interrupt poor Renata. Um, Yeah, so I've arrived and I've stripped off my, my blue and white polka dot bikini. And I had to make sure the hedges were trimmed because it had been some time since they were exposed to the sunlight in public. Um, So I figured, well, this is the most awkward thing I've ever had to do in my life. I walked into this small room where the director is there and the casting agent and the camera. And I went, you know, duck it. I'm just going to strut my stuff here and pretend I'm really comfortable in this situation as my rolls of fat are hanging over the top of said bikini bottoms and my boobs are not quite fitting into the bikini top. Um, So they've gone, okay, so just sort of strike a pose for us. So I've turned around put my hand against the wall, stuck my bum out and then looked over my shoulder and did my best Ralph pose I could possibly do, pretending I was one of those little size zero models. They were in stitches. (laughs) They were in absolute stitches because I figured, you know what, let's just have some fun. Mm -hmm. It was awkward as all hell. Um, It was for a Dyson vacuum cleaner rack. (laughs) (laughs) Renata's face is going, what What the hell? (laughs) And look, I think this is probably very inappropriate now. But the idea was that this gorgeous supermodel, and when I finally saw the the ad, this is what it was, a gorgeous supermodel in high heels in a gorgeous red bikini walks out in front of the camera and is standing there sort of doing her poses to to the camera. And then they yell, cut. And then you look behind it and the man with the Dyson vacuum cleaner turns it off and all her fat goes... Oh, right. I think I've seen that. Yeah, Yeah. there was a part one, which was the sexy, super glorious supermodel, Mm -hmm. and part two, which was the overweight one because the Dyson is so strong it can suck all that fat in and um, make you look gorgeous. So... There you go. That is my story. And do you know what? What? I didn't get the ad. Do you know why? Why? I wasn't fat enough. (gasps) That's the first time anyone's ever said that to me in my life. Oh, no, there was a second time. I went for a um, a Viking, uh, you know, the Valkyrie sort of warrior, sort Mm -hmm, of one mm -hmm. with the horns and the Mm -hmm. rather big opera ladies. I went for that and I wasn't fat enough for that either. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on it. Oh, well, I was shocked today. We, look, we're just going to dump this show. I was really What's shocked today. What's the show again? We, the Because <laughs> we, we started watching Northman, which is this new Viking show Ooh. that's on. And, you know, it's this striking, you know, freezing um, Arctic conditions and it's all blue it's because of the cold and all of this and all of these men and High everything. Factor, and guess yeah. who's in it? Who? Nicole Kidman. Oh, really? Yeah, and you go, Nicole. What are you doing? You don't belong in this. Is your BMX bike, Nicole? <laughs> your face is too good, darling. It's just there's no wrinkles there. Yeah, no, no, you know. No, no. So I mean, she might be fantastic. I'll have but... to check it out. Maybe the yeah. acting sort of covers it, and you can't notice. Oh. Anyway, get on with the story, anyway. Renata. You're squirrelled. <laughs> <laughs> that was your fault. Sorry. 
What were we talking about? I can't remember where we're up to now. Uh, what was the last thing we were talking about? The young people of today, I wonder what they were yes, thinking of. The- <laughs> somehow we got onto a Dyson vacuum cleaner with me in a bikini. <laughs> Nicole. Oh, my God. Sorry, Nicole, but just you just didn't fit. You're you too pretty. You don't, yeah, you're t- yeah. Yeah. Get on All with right, it, Renata. Anyway. So... Uh, the Kota Lama area in Semarang is home to the best collection of 19th and early 20th century colonial buildings, uh, including uh, this one that we're talking about, the Luang Sawu. So sadly, like Jakarta's Kota Tua, the neighbourhood is in desperate states of neglect and decay. Yeah. And so is the building itself. Um, and it's actually, it's a kilometre down the road from this particular neighbourhood hood but it they have freshened up the front I of noticed it. the pictures were very pretty yes they they have put a new coat of paint on and, and tried to you know zhuzh it a little bit oh, fluff it. but it still is kind of in in the wrong place in town right okay. so not in the, the the heights yeah and and look there's a reason for that and so, as with other colonial public works, uh, the Luang Sewu sought to convey imperial order. So it was all about size. Size matters. Oh, does it? Yep, size matters. Mine is more prettier than yours. Look at the extent of mine. And uh, I am the imperial master, said the Dutch people. And I'm going to create something that you know, people can go ooh-ah, <gasps> ooh-ah, ooh-ah, um, for centuries and eons on. Um, but it was actually originally built to house the headquarters of the Dutch East India's Railway Company. Right. And it was constructed in 1904. The main building was completed in 1907 and other parts of the complex were finished in 1919. So it took oh, almost 15 years to build the whole thing. And you kind of think, well... 15 years? 15 years, yeah. It's all those bloody doors. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's on... Uh, it's actually got four structures and it's on a big, large plot of land. Um, it's protected by a high fence uh, and it was once linked to other buildings in the city by underground tunnels. <gasps> oh, I love a we tunnel. like an underground tunnel, like, yes. like Waverly Hills. Oh, I'd love to see that tunnel, that chute. It's on. It's one of our, our lovely yeah, people found it. found it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've put it up. I like it a lot. So uh, just to finish off, uh, the building, uh, building B has a massive basement, which I thought this is an impressive idea. It could be filled with water and which would have become um, an early air conditioning system for the rest of the building. Yeah. Weird. Uh, but they, they say the most impressive part of the whole complex is the L-shaped building A. Fantastic. The L-shaped building A. That is such a descriptive sound <laughs> I'll get to make there. I'll me get, go, wow. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get all right, there. All right. The whole point of it is well, why build such a massive complex and a massive building to house um, a railway company? It was a tax dodge. Possibly. Um, but also it was because a railway literally crossed Indonesia and it kind of was this massive project of um, occupation of the whole land. Now, when we talk about the, the Dutch railway, it's not actually a railway that travels from 
Amsterdam, across the sea no, into no, no. Indonesia. It's the, the, a company that yes. moves freight and, and goods. Is that correct? No, it's oh. a, it's the, it's the um, railway company that's set up in Indonesia. Oh, okay. Yep. So they built the railways. They built. Oh, they build railways. Yes. <gasps> a derp. <laughs> so building A could easily be mistaken for a church because it's a. Uh, Two story, it's got two four story towers, which were initially huge water tanks. They flank the broad corner facade, and a third rear tower um, anchors sort of the building in. There are Dutch style red tiles that draw the eye to the roof line, and this structure, as I said, is so big that it can be seen from any part of the city. Now, between the two hours, there's a massive two towers, there is a massive arch that guards the second floor veranda, which in turn reaches out to show the beautiful dark wood and stained glass front door. So it kind of looks a bit like a church. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the facade and look down both street, streets, there's... Words are in tonight. There's this huge stretch of corridor um, with these door-lined arcades, and that's what gives the building its name, the Luang Sawu, which in Javanese uh, means a thousand doors. Um, now... Building A seems almost like a shrine because they mm-hmm. talk about the fact of they've got these gothic windows that are, um, you know, all glass and everything. And you'd think the stained glass windows, you know, you're kind of expecting to go in and see Jesus and Church the apostles and, and all of this sort of stuff. Confessionals. And it ends and- up being pictures of Dutch technology. Oh. And railway and stuff like that. We'll pay homage to the Dutch Railway, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again, this was this ideology of building an empire. The Dutch were in Indonesia. They wanted to own it. They wanted everyone to know that they owned it. Um, And it was kind of this thing of, well, we're here. It justifies us to build a building like this, and um, we're going to show you who uh, the real owners of this country are. So, in other words, they're going to piss on their patch. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. It was it was boys pissing on their patch. Yeah, yeah. Because they do like the smell of their own urine. Yeah. <laughs> so it, look, everywhere um, at this particular time, uh, and in all of the European co- colonies, everyone was building railways. Um, it was like this this symbol of European supremacy, um, and they required buildings to announce that they were in the country, and this is what they were doing. So everyone around Indonesia knew that this place um, was kind of the pin- pinnacle of Dutch success. Now. This could also have been a kind of a a symbol of um, colonization mm-hmm. and a symbol of convictism, because you know in in fact like <coughs> who built the railways, who had to you know endure uh, the workload and do everything. It was the Indonesians, of course. So it, it was this horrible time when um, people from other countries were coming in and taking over uh, those less fortunate people. Yeah, the the bloody bloody superiority of the white man mm-hmm. wherever they go, pissing on their patch. Yep, absolutely. Which is not their patch. <clears throat> now, 
This all went on um, really well until the Second World War, and in Samarang, the Japanese took over the Luang Sewu, uh, and the military police uh, were using the basement in Building B as a detention centre. Mm-hmm. Now, rumours started circulating of brutal torture there, um, executions, and locals came to view the building with dread. Right. Now, one story was told that severed heads of former prisoners were thrown into a corner of the basement. What? Uh, when the Japanese uh, collapsed or the, the war collapsed in 1947, the Indonesian nationalists claimed the city and the Dutch launched an attack on Samarang trying to get there. So the, the poor buggers, yep. the, the Indonesians copped the Dutch and then that they copped the Japanese and yep. then the Dutch started to fight over an and the Indonesians tried to get their country back. Yes, yes. Wow. So making use of the tunnels that once linked uh, Luang Sewu to other strategic sites in the city, because remember, there mm-hmm. was uh, these underground tunnels everywhere. The troops came in. There was a big kerfuffle and a big attack on the city um, uh, in October. Uh, and for five days, war literally raged in the city. Uh, with the use of all of these tunnels and everything. Now, six railway workers died um, on the site and they are believed to be some of the ghosts Mm -hmm. that remain there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, the people there don't want to remember any of this, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why they don't talk a lot about it. Um, 
mostly the Dutch colonials, when they were captured, they were tortured and they died violent deaths at the Luang Sawu. So you can kind of imagine, well, you built it. I'm going to torture and punish you there um, because I hate you for what you've done to our country. Absolutely. Um, But from all of this now extends this theory of the unhappy ghosts and uh, the the hauntings Mm -hmm. and all of these other things that keep on happening Mm -hmm. in this particular building. So for a really long time afterwards, nothing um, actually inhabited the building. Um, It was closed down and left to rot Um, There were uh, missing roof tiles, the rain would pour in, Um, there would be, um, the floors would have holes in them, you could see down to the ground, Um, and ghost stories multiplied because people would go in, Yep. being challenged to stay the night, Um, there would be artists going in, spray painting the walls, all of this sort of stuff. Um, but in 2007, there was a movie, which I mentioned before, The Kutilanik's Vengeance. Kutilanik? Kutilanik's Vengeance. Uh, and it tells the story of a group of young people out for a night of partying in Semarang when they wind up inside the old building, the resident Spirits become angry and seek revenge after one youth disrespectfully urinates on their home. Um, ah, you imagine um, how many people would be possessed by demons in Australia because of the urination in places they oh, shouldn't? Yes, absolutely. <sighs> so the film actually did quite well at the box office, considering it was really awful, but like we said, the Indonesians love a ghost story. Um, but this really started the whole thing. Now, the other thing also, we talk about this, but most recently there was a capture on camera of a couple of these Kutulanic ghosts. And one of them was apparently captured by someone who was doing a documentary within the building. And that's on YouTube. And she is allegedly seen appearing in a doorway and then moving back. Mm -hmm. Although I've had a look at it and it's, yeah, I'm not sure. You're not convinced? I'm not sure. And then there's been a most recent one where a fellow on a motorbike has apparently been riding along and he gets captured on one of those um, street cams and... This Kutalanic ghost is sitting on the back of his motorbike. Oh, what? As he is riding along. Oh, I saw a picture that somebody had put up of the Kutalanic ghost um, that was lurking in the background of this group of girls that were at a party in this. Yes. Yes. I've seen that ghost many times because it's actually a Photoshop. Uh, it's one of those ones that you can insert, and it's a very common one. It's a very common one and with a girl put, with the hair over her face. Yeah, and, it's yeah. like the ring. It looks yeah. like the girl from the yeah. ring, and they've put that up as proof of the Kuntalanic ghost. I mm-hmm. went, oh, my God. Now, in 2011, First Lady Annie Udiono uh, went in um, and s- opened up one of the wings, which yeah. was fully renovated. I don't want you to give away one of my stories here. No, 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 no. No, no. And they kind of believed that she'd actually, by being there, 
in her full presence, lifted the energy of the place and yep. made it all clear and fine. You've just taken the story. Thank no, you. no, 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 you no. Have. I haven't. You have. I haven't. You have. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't used Dumb. the word. I'm, I'm I haven't, going to. I haven't used take that my word. Bat and ball and go home now because <laughs> I'm crossing off all the stuff that I was going to talk about. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll, That's fine. I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just move on. Then. I've still got my TripAdvisor reviews. Okay. What more, more, more do I want? Um, visitors um, say that now it's really hard to try and understand what they're doing in the building. Like, you know, they, they'll come in because uh, there were all of these things that were purportedly supposed to happen in there. There was going to be a, um, a spa, um, shops, all of this sort of stuff to attract people in and virtually nothing has happened. Tourist advisory centre, all of this sort of stuff. Um, telling about the history and everything and really nothing's happened. Um, it's really the abode of ghost hunters. So tourists will go in during the day and kind of go, mm, uh, what's all this about? I don't know. Because like, there's, there's kind of nothing to tell them what it is about. Um, and that's kind of what they uh, say now. Mm. Yeah, what am I doing here? So unless you're a ghost hunter, unless you're seeking those particular ghosts, it's kind of a... Yeah, just another decaying old building. Yeah, which looks pretty on the outside. Pretty on the outside. That's so what do we say about it? That you can uh, get a turd and sprinkle glitter on it, which makes it all shiny and beautiful. If you stick your finger in it, it's still going to stink because it's shit on the inside. Oh, boy. I know. Aren't I profound with my knowledge? You are. I come up with all these wonderful things to help people life skills. Oh, okay, I'm handing it over to you. Oh, okay. After that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. All right. On with the ghosts. So because of the beliefs of the the people that live in the area, they believe that this building has now become a home for um, the spirits that have died traumatic deaths. Mm-hmm. So the... The building was where the bloody Battle of Samarang took place. And they also talk about the Japanese had uh, soldiers there in the basement that were tortured and killed. Mm -hmm. uh, And that because of that, the place is infested. Mm -hmm. Now, I just wanted to give you an idea of what they do believe happened in the basement. Mm -hmm. The Japanese people would torture and hang people from the iron beams under the ceiling. It is said that the place is frequented by many ghosts, many of them grief-ridden, and are said to haunt anyone who stands beneath these beams. So when the, the tour guides are going through, they tell these stories, and of course the tourists all huddle up in a corner away from the beams because they don't want to take ghosts home. Mm-hmm. How many times in our ghost tours do we have people going, oh, I don't want to take something home with me? Yeah, virtually every tour. Yeah, and it's their biggest fear Mm -hmm. that they're going to take a ghost home. And what do you say to them? I love it. What makes you think you're so interesting that they (laughs) want to go home with you? (laughs) Sorry. I did hear that sometime and sometime and I thought what an what a fantastic way to think about it. It is. It's like, what is so special about you and your life that you think they'd follow you home? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I think that's brilliant. 
So the the tour guides love to play on all of this, and uh, I mean we don't. We try to keep people calm and tell them you know it's okay. Don't. It's very unlikely, and we give them tips and tricks on how to deal with it. But of course they're going to play into this mm-hmm. because they want more people to come and buy tickets to their tours, so that they tell them to stick close together because if uh, one of you wanders too far away from the group. You may fall into a trap that has been laid down by one of these ghosts because mm. they want your soul. Is that the Kundalanic I can hear yelling in the background? <laughs> I can hear something. I think it's one of my cats who have decided that it's dinner time, mm-hmm. whether they like it or not. So the what's even scarier, apparently, is that the guides offer all its tourists a ritual by which they can see ghosts. Oh, no. Yep. Yep, we're going to open up the portals to hell for you (laughs) for an extra couple of rupees. Uh, Sorry, I don't know what the... the, What is the... (laughs) Somebody's singing the song of them people out there. I may have to go and let them out. Give give me two seconds, I'll come back and let the cat go. I think we've been cursed by this... (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I've just let my two cats out that got locked into the wrong part of the house and were freaking out. And I don't know what's freaking uh, uh, Phantom out, but he was like really skitsy. Oh, poor thing. Anyway, where am I up to? That's right. There, um, for a few extra dollars, you can have a ritual to open up to be able to see the ghosts like as you do. I'd like that ritual myself so I could uh, finally see the buggers. Um, so, yeah, many of the tourists often reported being creeped out by the office. Surprise! Because <laughs> then they're worried that if they take the ritual, that they're going to see ghosts for the rest of their lives. Should we do a ritual before our overnighter at well, Maitland Jail? Do you know? It reminded me of um, the poltergeist house, the Black Monk. Yes. Where the lady next door would be offering them cleansings yes. for 10 quid yep. before the tour started. Yes. Yes. Mm, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> so many of the locals now refuse to enter this particular building because they're all fearful of having ghosts attached to them, mm-hmm. just like they are here in Australia. Um, they do like to warn visitors, you know, don't go into the building. But, of course, it doesn't deter a ghost hunter. Yeah, of course they're not. in there with bells on. But in that basement part that we are talking about, um, the visitors quite often have to wear gumboots. Because the basement's filled with water. Mm. And they've got to wade through what was a torture place um, and where people were beheaded. And they were saying that the blood used to drop down into here. You've got these people wading around in gumboots and they're going, oh, my God, I'm walking through blood. I'm having a Stanley Kubrick moment. And, um, yeah, it all adds to the drama. Ew. I know. Oh, what if you saw a floaty come up? Oh. <laughs> Talk about occupational health and safety. Yeah. So there's also been reports of pained cries and anguished screams coming from said basement. Mm -hmm. That's probably the people who've seen a floaty. (laughs) Uh, And they've they've been left shaken. Shaken by the incident. I've seen a little brown log oh, floating no, through the water. There could be dead cats and pigeons down oh, there. Oh, who knows and, what's down there. Oh, and everything decaying in that water. Oh, no, it wouldn't be safe. And look, this. I'm just trying to see where this article oh, just, came from. Oh. The, the, the T-H-E-S-O-C-I-A-N-S. 
the Socians, the Socians.com. Anyway, this is all from their their uh, little site. Um, visitors report, as I said, yep. Yeah. Okay. Also in the basement, there is a small door. Oh. We love a small door. <laughs> Which led to a small concrete floor. Oh. <gasps> right. Here the Japanese would club six prisoners together. Is that when they go dance and boogie? <laughs> Is it a small room to boogie in? No. I'm completely off the rails today. I'm on, on strong medications, guys. I don't know quite what's going to come out of my mouth. Poor Renata. Um, and then they would fill the room with water, leaving the prisoners to drown. Oh, oh that's just horrible. Anyone su- who survived would have their oh. heads cut off. Oh, well, what's the choice? I'd rather drown. I think the power is supposed to be a, a peaceful death. Um, not recommending it to anyone, though. No, no. Uh, so as a, it was quite brutal and resulted in the spirits lingering. Um, there's basements also containing a row of alcoves, which were used as a standing prison. Twelve prisoners would be forced to stand in the room, cramped area. Um, many of them reportedly turned mad, a result of being trapped in such a small enclosure. I know I'd go nuts. I'm not good mm. being. Um, closed up in small spaces like that Uh, but it's not that surprising that the ghosts are still lingering there Mm -hmm. and trying to seek their revenge Mm -hmm. I don't blame them but we we know we I couldn't find any proof that these things had happened. I was trying to dig down into that, and I think anyone who's performed any sort of torture during war times are pretty good at covering up their tracks anyway. Yep, and so, we, we know that the Japanese did have a particular style when it came yeah, to torture. They were very creative. Very creative. We'll just leave it at that, shall we? Uh, but as you were saying, they are trying to change the the look or the the feel of what this building is. Um, And as you had referred to and just about completely stole my story, the First Lady Annie um, went in there and um, I don't know if she had her Glinda wand and was waving it around, but it was almost like she was performing an exorcism Mm -hmm. of the building, trying to change the narrative, rewrite the narrative of what this place was. Mm -hmm. Now, in saying that, I found this really good TripAdvisor review. So there there is lots of TripAdvisor reviews about the, and I might read some of those as well, but I found this particular one which screamed of... um, it it was written by someone in the government trying to make it sound like um, things are different. Yeah, everything's okay now. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it to you. Now, this person is uh, Yusuf K.S. from Jakarta, Indonesia. Uh, and it's called Historical Building and Not a Haunted House Anymore. That is the title. Mm-hmm. Loang Siu... A Thousand Doors, is a landmark of Samarang, central Java, Indonesia, originally built as the headquarters of the Dutch East Indies Railway Company, but now Samarang city government has attempted to rebrand this building as one of the cultural attractions of Samarang. This building is famous as a haunted house since colonial era. Local people must be 
uh, ever heard some of horror stories? Sorry, it's, it hasn't been written very well in Luang Siu. After rebranding and renovation, Luang Siu now looks more beautiful and not as scary as before. When I visited this place, I got no horror experience in this building. Luang Siu is now definitely a historical building and not a haunted house anymore. Conclusion, it's a nice place for people who love culture and architecture. Mm. Doesn't that just strongly smell mm-hmm. of this is how it is now mm-hmm. we are not going to look at it as a horror house anymore we do have some trip advised reviews and you know how much i love them uh that do say uh some interesting things it's this one is from um mr citra or mrs citra uh and from 2018 uh, it is the number one must-see place in Samarang. goes on about the authentic, even has the toilet, original layout, tiles and sinks, some railway-related displays. Uh, you get a guide to tell you the history of the place. Most of the rooms are empty. Uh, they didn't see anything suspicious, but you could feel something on the roof level. Unfortunately, the basement was closed. Uh, they couldn't get down there. The guide had said that uh, there was three reality TV shows that had mm-hmm. filmed there mm-hmm. uh, and there had been paranormal activity that will be unsafe for tourists. Mm-hmm. So that's why the basement was locked. Mm-hmm. They said that they had a very surreal nightmare later in the night because of that place. They don't know whether it was a, a nightmare mm-hmm. or whether they were, you know, they've taken something back from yes. there and yes. were influenced. The guide said, beware for women not to gaze with empty mind to not get possessed. Mm. Well, they're saying the women are empty-minded. What are they trying to say there? No, just don't stare off into the distance. Oh, you're going to get possessed. All right. Uh, this particular one is um, when I was Semarang, I had the opportunity to visit the historical building. Um, they explained about the, the doors and the trains and everything. Interest, but interesting part of this building is not just the architecture, it's the story behind Um Uh, and they go on to talk about their experience. When I was here with my friends, one of them later on told them that something had held their feet, making it hard for them to walk. Mm -hmm. At the other time, he felt someone grabbed him and pulled him backwards. said, be prepared for anything strange if you want to visit this building at night. But of course, the... um, the most important one is the um, now. Hang on, I've got to find the right way to say it because other, I, I if I say it wrong, Renata will. I can't even find it now. How do we say it, Renata? Kunta Kunta. Don't keep saying that first syllable over and over, please. Kuntalinik. Kuntalinik. That's Kuntalinik. it. Have you got the story of the the woman that died in there, though? No, and, I don't. Because there's another ghost there. There's a woman in white. But um, isn't that the Kuntalinik? Possibly. Do you but have she, it there? But she was a, a real woman, and she did throw herself out the window. She committed suicide in the building. Oh, please tell me. Well, look, there's not that much to, to say. I just saw this come up a number of times um, in some of the stories, uh, and there there isn't that much. 
um, as you found, as you were looking through stuff, yeah. trying to find it. Um, but this is associated with the TV program that I talked about as one of the um, bits of evidence where they see something appear in a doorway and then move back. Yep. So they believe that that is the ghost of uh, a young Dutch woman. Mm-hmm. So it would have been associated with the building in the early days. Yeah. Uh, and they say that she committed suicide and that this is the spirit that is was captured during the TV program that I talk about. Right. Now, in another story, I uh, did read that she had, or a, a gentleman that worked in the building had had an affair with this woman and she found out that she was pregnant oh. and she committed suicide. Right. And that is one of oh, the But that's ideas. the Kuntalanak. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, that's one of the ideas yeah. behind this. this the, um, why, why she was there. Because I was trying to work out why they they thought this Kundalanic spirit there, and yeah. they do have a different name for it as well. A yeah, pon- the, the Ponty something or pon- other. Pontianic. Yeah. It's a Pontianic, which is um, after a, uh, it's the name of actually a, a um, another um, city in Indonesia. Now, I, I have to tell you one really funny one that I found. Uh, not funny, haha, but funny, just bizarre, strange, mm-hmm. odd. And because, you know, we, we type in different combinations of words to try and find stories and information. Mm-hmm. And I had typed in the uh, Luang Siwu, Sewu, and then I put demon mm-hmm. afterwards. I thought, let's see what we can find. Mm-hmm. And it came up with this book. And this book is called How to Hear God's Voice. Nelson's writing by, I think this is uh, E.V. must be an evangelist, mm-hmm. uh, Abraham Nelson Samasia. And it came up with this clean your house from dark power. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why, why do we have that? with this particular topic. But sure enough, they talk about accursed um, goods and objects that must be destroyed and uh, that sort of thing. And the devil can gain a foothold in the ground or of a house by means of sins committed here. And then it goes on to say, during the Dutch or Japanese colonial era, there were houses that were used to used as places to torture prisoners. The houses are usually Ghost, ghostly and haunted. If you've ever been to Luang Siwu building in Semarang, the former Dutch era office, you want to see a large number of demons and you can take tour there. If we have spiritual sensitivity, then many Dutch heritage buildings such as the Fatahila Museum and other buildings are also filled with dark powers. Uh, and then they go on to talk about... Um, the Liang Li Luang Siu, uh, I sound like I'm ordering Chinese. Um, how there's all these a thousand demons in the house, and um, that there were construction workers who were sacrificed, and their heads were buried in the floor with mm-hmm. full of thousand demons, and mm-hmm. um, and employees getting possessed, and I'm thinking. Where are they getting this information from? And from anyway, they go on there about idol, idolatry, idol worship. I think it is, um, and that there there is devil worship there, shedding of blood in the house. It's, they're listing all the things that makes this a uh-huh. a place a for, place for thousands of demons. Yep. I think they've got the word door and demon confused. Mm-hmm. Um, so the devil lives there because of the shedding blood. There was moral offences that took <gasps> place there. Oh. Apparently there was fornication. Oh, no. Adultery, other immoral acts. 
How do they know all of this? Oh, look, they've, they've got a direct line to God. They know everything. I'm going to get in trouble. Apparently, it was also used for porn sites on the internet, or they watch <laughs> pornographic films there. And the, the, another one was the deprivation of rights, the seizing other people's lands or property, which we well, know. probably would have yeah. happened, yeah. Yeah. So um, th- th- that was all to do with this Liang Su. What an eye-opener that was. Mm. Sadly, the book has had no reviews yet. No. I don't think anyone's read past that first couple of sentences and gone, oh, my God, what a load <laughs> of... <boom." laughs> yeah. So, look, that's... That's all we could sort of find on this particular one. But it was a real... I found the history in this one to be really interesting and the different layers. And there's mm. certainly enough level of layers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and darkness mm-hmm. there that would say there would be a haunting. Mm-hmm. But Renata, is it a true haunting? If you look at it from the historical point of view and you take into account um, the the Dutch oppressors and then the Japanese that came in um, and tortured the place and the uh, uprising that occurred uh, amongst the people to try and take their city back, there would have been enough bloodshed and murder and grisly things occurring mm. that would probably leave a big stain yeah. that just just cannot be removed. A big skid mark. Just could not be removed. The only way to do it would be to pull the, big, the whole thing down and start over. Yeah. Um, in... It, that it is a historic building built in the early 1900s um, and, and has... It could be a beautiful building ...has too. architectural value. Um, yeah. The best thing that they could do would be to remodel it and make it shops or a, a, a shopping centre or something. But they're all too suspicious or um, superstitious, yes, I should say. that's a problem. To, to actually make a go of the building. So now they're stuck with this building that has so many layers mm-hmm. of ickiness to it, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful structure, mm-hmm. but no one's willing to take it on. That's right. That's so what right. happens now? Uh, it'll probably sit there until it decays and becomes... Um, too difficult for people to or yeah. too unsafe. I, I would say I'm going to put a prediction on it that it's going to burn to the ground mm. and I don't think it's going to be a devil. No. no. Yeah. So, yeah, so is it truly haunted? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It, it's it certainly haunted has, by the past yeah. and it's oh, haunted a good way by of putting its history. It. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, Renata. Well done. Alright, well that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I've heard, I hope you've enjoyed our trip to Indonesia and uh, the what did we say it again? The Kunta. Yeah, beware of that. Um, that chick, word. That cheeky babe that walks around with the, the hair yeah, the all over hair. her face. It's called the ring. Anyway, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, and you can become a Patreon. Go to Patreon and just look up Anne and Renata. Also find us on YouTube. We'll be putting up our adventures of England, of Ireland, of Norfolk, Ireland and Melbourne very shortly, we hope. And we thank you guys for your support. Also, next episode, we will announce the winner of whoever put up um, we'll draw it out of the hat who put up a uh, review for us Mm -hmm. during the month of April and um, yeah in the meantime see you on the dark side and don't forget stay spooky people Bye. bye thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings if you like the show Give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, 
Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.